This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. Navigating Parkinson's disease can be challenging, but we're here to help. Welcome to the Michael J. Fox Foundation podcast. Tune in as we discuss what you should know today about Parkinson's research, living well with the disease, and the Foundation's mission to speed a cure. Free resources like this podcast are always available at michaeljfox.org. Hi, welcome to the Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's podcast. I'm Larry Gifford, a proud member of the Michael J. Fox Foundation Patient Council, founder of pdavengers.com and host of another podcast called When Life Gives You Parkinson. Hey, Larry, Larry, hold on, hang on. Wait a minute, stop the podcast. What? Larry, 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 so sorry for the interruption. Oh, oh hey, it's Tim Hag and Sonia Mather. Uh, excuse us for a second, folks. Hey, what's up, you two? We're starting the podcast. Yeah, but I thought this was the day that we were going to, you know, we were going to do that thing. Yeah, huh? yeah. You remember what we were plotting? Oh, God. Yeah, I'm so sorry. You're right. Uh, Parky brain. I'll start over. Okay. You, are you both ready? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Good to go. Good to go. Hi. Don't panic. This is a PD Avengers MJFF Parkinson's podcast takeover. I'm Larry Gifford, co-founder, president, board chair of PD Avengers. That was dramatic, Larry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm Sonia Mather, co-founder and vice president of the PD Avengers. And I'm Tim Haig, senior co-founder and secretary and treasurer of the PD Avengers. Now I can hear some of you mumbling under your breath. Oh, what is a PD Avenger? And where's my Michael J. Fox podcast? Well, you'll be happy to know the Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's podcast is going to be okay. No podcasts will be harmed in the making of this takeover. Larry, you're so dramatic today. Can't get over it. But let's answer the actual question. What is the PD Avenger? The PD Avengers is a nonprofit, patient-led organization working with Michael J. Fox Foundation and over 50 other Parkinson's organizations worldwide to build a global alliance to end Parkinson's. We also have more than 3,700 individuals from 70 countries worldwide who've signed up to be PD Avengers. Yeah, let's stop right there, Tim. A couple of people listening are rolling their eyes. I can, can hear their eyes like rolling around in their eye sockets. Uh, another organization? Geez, aren't there enough organizations already for Parkinson's? Well, Larry, that's a valid question. But the truth is we can never have enough people helping people with Parkinson's live a better life and search for a way to end, end this disease, really. I mean, Parkinson's was identified more than 200 years ago. And since then, humanity has put men on the moon, eradicated polio, changed HIV from a death sentence to a chronic illness, has mapped the human genome, and discovered thousands of galaxies among the stars. And yet, the gold standard treatment for Parkinson's is still a 50-year-old medication. That's right, Sonia, and we're tired of waiting. We need to be a loud, uncomfortable, ever-present voice demanding change in how this disease is seen and treated. We need to be doing more. Yeah, the PD Avengers was inspired by the book Ending Parkinson's Disease, and its authors, the rock stars of Parkinson's, Drs. Ray Dorsey, Michael Okun, uh, Bass Bloom, and Todd Shear of the Fox Foundation. Uh, so what, what we do is different than other organizations. We take a think global, act local approach and align ourselves with organizations that are ready, 
willing and able to collaborate with other PD organizations around the world. Which brings us to why we are here today, Larry. The Michael J. Fox Foundation has been very generous in allowing you, Tim and I, to introduce you to some of our favorite partner organizations across North America and in Europe. So then guys, I guess this clearly is not a hostile takeover of the podcast. Definitely not, Tim. We're, we're, we're all friends here. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's cool. Yeah. All right. So Tim, Sonia and I are here on behalf of the PD Avengers. We add urgency to research, wellness, and advocacy by uniting people and organizations to the cause of ending Parkinson's disease. And you can learn more about the work we're doing and register to be a PD Avenger yourself at pdavengers.com. You don't have to have Parkinson's to want to help end it. Family members, medical professionals, therapists, friends, we need everyone to join us at pdavengers.com. Now, now let's get to know some of the Parkinson's organizations who are partners of the PD Avengers. Each organization represents one or more of our three pillars, research, wellness, and advocacy. In research, we believe that patients are integral in every aspect of research in the search for better treatments and ending this disease. We believe every person with Parkinson's should have equitable access to information, medication, and therapies. And we believe we must build a loud, uncomfortable, ever-present voice demanding change in how the disease is seen and treated. Since we're here at the Michael J. Fox Foundation Podcast World Headquarters, we might as well start with research. I have a few organizations that are research-driven that I wanted to introduce here. UVDU Foundation is a Parkinson's organization in Germany. Co-founder Dr. Jurek Karenfort is a competition lawyer for one of the largest firms in the world. Dr. Kathy Mulhan also oversees UVDU's international relations. Both have been diagnosed with Parkinson's and are using research to help advocate for people with this disease. We've asked uh, NERA, which is one of the most um, prestigious uh, e competition economist firm, um, and they have done um, a paper which now reads Innovation Incentives in the Pharmaceutical Sector, Rethinking Competition and Public Policy. In, in that uh, study, which unfortunately is only uh, theoretically based, we didn't uh, have the money to fund uh, the full research, um, which would have been uh, necessary to have uh, also the, all the relevant data. Um, so, so, so this is kind of on the agenda for the time when we get another two hundred thousand. Uh, euro or uh, dollars, um, which would probably be needed for such a right. second paper. So you're thinking it'd be important sort of building the case from an advocacy perspective in terms of raising funds. And Kathy, yes. do you find that's where UVDU is concentrating on those sorts of studies that may not otherwise be funded? I think it's a huge strength of the foundation because as Jörg said, he has a, a very strong background in economics and politics. And his perspective is a very intellectual one in the best possible sense. I, I think a lot of us get angry, but we can't express our anger too well. We're just like, why is there no other option? Why is there no <laughs> cure? Why is there, why is the best drug still levodopa, which was invented at the same time that Kennedy said, let's put a man on the moon. And they did it like eight years later, there was a man on the moon, we're still taking dopa. It's like, ah, scream. Um, and I think Jörg um, can put the, take that anger and take that 
those questions and put them into a very um, very legal and very theoretical framework that is understandable to those in power. You know, we need to be look, talking to the pharma companies and saying, why is this the case? You know, are you, are you not interested in a cure? Are you more interested in treatments that continue for a longer time? And these are all questions that we, we need to answer together and we need to put on the agenda. And I think that's where the link between um, our foundation in Germany and the PD Avengers is so strong as well, because, you know, we all need to highlight very different areas. And we just need to shout out our message loud and clear. And I think the the tack that you are going to be doing or taking now is a very, very interesting and very different tack to a lot of the other activities that you see around. Uh, UVDO is a really cool organization, and they, they I love the approach that they're taking to to really use research to prove the importance of advocacy. Yeah, they're they're a very cool group, a young group, but a very cool group, and. Just a couple of other things. UVDU is also hosting the 2021 Parkinson's Table Tennis World Championships, which is taking place in Berlin in early September. And they're also engaged with your initiative 4.0, um, which it's, it's an initiative, basically a 10 point plan lobbying to be in the coalition treaty, which governs the next four years in Germany. Um, UVDU is joining forces with other degenerative neurological conditions. And you can read more about their work at www.uvdu.de. Oh, that's great. That's great. And you have one more, one more organization, Sonia? Yeah. Another research-focused fo organization for PD is Cure Parkinson's based in the UK. And they're doing research into growth factors, stem cells, and they're collaborating with others to help find and fund regenerative trials that will impact people with Parkinson's today rather than 20 years from now. And Helen Matthews is deputy CEO of Cure Parkinson's, and I had the pleasure of speaking with her. Cure Parkinson's uh, is an organization that was founded back in 2005 by four individuals with Parkinson's who wanted to really put some energy behind research into a cure. And at that particular time, the landscape, the research landscape was uh, pretty bleak. Um, a number of big pharmaceutical companies had left, uh, had left Parkinson's just as their drugs were coming off patent. It, it wasn't making sense for them to, to be active in the space. And there have been a number of, of, of studies that hadn't, uh, hadn't been successful. And I think we felt that more needed to be done to really focus the effort towards the cure. Does that impact the, the type of research that you now fund? Very much so. The research that we fund is, is very much focused on trying to slow down the disease to stop it or reverse it. Um, but the remit for our research committee who evaluate all our research projects um, is that the project needs to be in the clinic. That means a phase two clinical trial within five years of our funding. Because actually what we want to be able to do is to make a difference to people living with Parkinson's now. What sort of research is on the horizon for Cure Parkinson's? We have our International Link Clinical Trials Programme and we work in collaboration with the Van Andel Research Institute. Um, each year we pull together um, a, a group of ideas uh, with very, very strong biochemical evidence. Um, these are drug ideas that could move into, into clinical trials. It is a very active and thriving program with now 16 trials um, of ILCT drugs that are happening around the world. And not all of those are funded by us. Some of those are funded by our partners. But for me, those meetings, the magic is because we have... Uh, partner funders in the room with us, uh, particularly Michael J. Fox, uh, NIH also join us, Parkinson's Canada, Parkinson's UK, um, and, and that adds a dynamism. But most importantly, we also have people living with Parkinson's at the table. How do you feel the patients fit into this whole clinical trial process? 
it's vitally important that people with Parkinson's are embedded in, in all projects right from the start. They, they can really help shape the thinking, but also in terms of viability and practicality, particularly now as we're moving into an era where uh, hybrid trials are being designed, which involve more home-based visits. We've, we've got to be really mindful of making the clinical trial experience for people with Parkinson's as positive as it can be, and making sure that they feel as if they are very much included in the process as part of the clinical study team as participants, not as subjects, but as participants, proactive participants on that journey. That's that's a great way of summarizing it. Um, I, I really um, think that that aligns with what the PD Avengers is all about as well. And speaking of PD Avengers, you've uh, been an extremely supportive, encouraging, and guiding force um, for us thus far. For me, PD Avengers is such an important movement. This is about raising the profile of Parkinson's nationally, internationally, and locally. The higher the profile of Parkinson's, the greater the chance that we will attract government interest and with that government investment. And with that government investment, it's not just in the curative research agenda, but it's also in the wellness research that is, is urgently needed. Um, and I think it is also making sure that Parkinson's is on the agenda globally with the WHO, with the UN. You know, people have Parkinson's in every country around the world. And that health inequality is palpable. It's time that we raise the profile of Parkinson's. It's time we all work together to do that. Each of us, of course, have, have our own areas of speciality, but actually we will all benefit if Parkinson's becomes a health priority. Helen is such a great uh, advocate and, and, and leader and supporter of what we're doing. It's, it's, it's great. She's actually the catalyst for what we're doing. She's the one that made the initial call saying, what do people think of that book ending Parkinson's disease? I'm like, let's get some folks together and talking about it. Yes, yes, I think we do have her to thank for that. And you can learn more about Cure Parkinson's by going to their website, cureparkinsons.org.uk. Yeah, go to that website and then go to our website, pdavengers.com and sign up to be a PD Avenger. Well, we're off and running. Well, run, walk, bike, box. It doesn't matter, Larry. Just move your body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, before we move on to wellness, Tim, Michael J. Fox Foundation has been a major influential player in all three pillars that the PD Avengers are committed to. As you may know, the Michael J. Fox Foundation is the largest private funder of Parkinson's research, having raised more than $1 billion in funding innovative and at times high-risk research. So it's my absolute pleasure to be here today to talk with Debbie Brooks, co-founder and CEO of MJFF. Welcome, Debbie, and thank you for allowing us to take over this podcast. Sonia, I'm so excited to uh, be with you guys today. The foundation has just celebrated 20 years, and as a co-founder, what stands out for you as it relates to how the Fox Foundation came to be? And sometimes uh, Michael and I stand in, you know, on the sidelines at a um, board meeting or at a staff holiday party, and we just look at each other and go, how did this happen? I, and, <laughs> and in some ways, um, like I think about it and I realize, you know, with Michael, especially, how could it not happen? I mean, he's been, first of all, you know, before he was kind of out and, um, and connecting in the community and, and, you know, shared his diagnosis and had kind of, you know, indirectly, you know, kind of uh, volunteered by raising his hand. Um, 
you know, he's known to be uh, warm and inspirational and optimistic. But as you get to know him, you also catch very quickly how wise he is. And, you know, I, it wasn't a shocker to me that he would be able to bring such gifts to any um, undertaking. You know, on the one hand, there's a part of me that's not surprised because of Michael. I, I've said this before. Uh, I will, I can't, I can't stress it enough. If this was the Debbie Brooks uh, Foundation for Parkinson's Research, we'd be nowhere. So there's just no denying it. But at the same time, um, there's a magical mix of, of what, um, what we ended up building at the Fox Foundation, that, that patient-centric passion and the scientific grounding and the business-oriented approach that I think has... Um, has delivered some, you know, beyond our expectations. And so, and yet I have to say, I look at it and I think, and we are not done yet <laughs> and there is much more to be doing. And I think that's what keeps us um, engaged and excited and, and motivated and even optimistic. Well, we're very grateful that that all occurred and that all happened and the partnership between you and Michael grew. And I do think that without you, the, the organization would not be where it is today either. The main mission of the PD Ventures is to end Parkinson's. And although there are, of course, many smaller victories along the way, the ultimate success for us would be a world without this disease. Um, I, I imagine that's the same for the foundation as well. But how will you sort of know when your mission is accomplished? How do you define success for the foundation's work? It's a really tricky um, uh, thing to be concrete about. And I think part of it, there we look at this a couple of different ways. One, let's say our goal is to cure Parkinson's. Well, defining a cure is a pretty important thing. And we think of cure as a continuum um, because well, you know, if I think about just what's been happening in the last 20 years, in the last 10 years, we've had 17 new drug approvals. None of them have, have been proven to cure Parkinson's, but they are dramatically improving how we treat Parkinson's and how right. we, uh, the, the um, options we have. And we have a really robust pipeline of um, treatment ideas that are in clinical uh, uh, research stages, in, being tested in um, patients, and um, as far along as uh, phase two, so nothing in phase three yet. But if any of these break through and can uh, be, uh, be shown to be able to modify the disease course, that, that's mind-blowing. Third, you know, well, but what if we could be figuring out and, and we have data that is showing us the way how to identify people who are at higher, highest risk and kind of validate some early detection models um, that sets us up for prevention. So when I think of that backdrop of just what, you know, I cure in air quotes here on this podcast, but cure really, if you've had Parkinson's for 15 years, Better treatments feels cure-like to you. You know, it's really changing your daily routine and your functioning and your ability to stay connected to the things in your life that are important to you. These are important breakthroughs, but we things like prevention are far farther away. And so when you think about, oh, how do we track it? How do we know we're succeeding? You know, it, 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 it's a different answer for, right. for people. Um, and Again, I'd say, you know, the business person in me says, well, it, it, it's pretty well documented that you're going to spend a, a single drug. By the way, no drug has 
gotten over the goal line to give us, you know, a data set that says, oh, this is what it takes to have a disease modifying drug in PD. But we have, you know, scores of drugs that have made it over the years for improved symptomatic treatment. And those things generally run between, you know, one to one and a half billion dollars. And, and the aha moment to the drugstore shelf is, can be three decades. Right. Also trying to assess our impact, having less capital, you know, that's one drug journey. And we're trying to move as many forward as possible. And we've been at it for two decades. You know, so we may only be in the early stages. So we really do have to think about, well, how do we know we're on the right track? And I think we look at a lot of different things to, you know, kind of um, check ourselves. And it is things like milestones that tell us, oh, we have more shots on goal or mm -hmm. more, um, ideas that are making it further along. We have a, mu a much vaster understanding of what it takes to uh, break through these key milestones and th key challenges. And, and we just keep bringing it. We just, you know, we keep tackling these things. So I think we get a lot of incremental and, in and um, interstitial in information about this that keeps us really encouraged and feeling um, we get to cheer a lot when things get FDA approved. I mean, that is clearly a key um, uh, milestone. Uh, but we see a lot of progress at various stages that are along the way that are telling us we are on the right path. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the, the strengths of the Fox Foundation. You really do have such a robust um, portfolio when it comes to research and, you know, finding some really innovative and sometimes high risk projects. But what are the, how do you prioritize? Like, what are the, or, uh, the foundation's priorities in the near future and in the long term? Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, we have everybody has to prioritize in the field. Um, right. you know, these everything is so expensive, and by the way, the expense has a lot of contributing factors. Um, uh, you know, so but we and we have we have um, dear resources that we can't squander. There's nothing that it's one thing to say we're going to place this bet, and we know we have an X, you know, a 50-50 shot that it's going to work. But it's really pain, and you know that okay, that mo that money may not get you the answer, but at least you feel like you put it in a smart um, uh, uh, bet. There's, it's really hard to see money squandered, and so to me, one of the things we work really hard on is setting that strategic umbrella to really understand of all the things we could do, which are the which are the ones that can have the greatest impact, and we have an internal algorithm. It's not so formalized, but it looks thing. It looks at looks like this. What is the name? What is how will this help a patient? You know, is this incremental? Is it dramatic? You know, is it absolutely a new area where we have nothing to help? You know, so we kind of score. You know, loosely score ideas based on the impact to um, a person with Parkinson's. Um, we we also evaluate how far from the goal line is it. Because if something's 30 years from the goal line and there's something four years from the goal line, we see ourselves as one of the few entities that can help get the things that are closer to the goal line teed up for pharma to take them over. The Fox Foundation will never be able to take anything. We're not a drug company. But if we can tee something up so that a drug company takes it over the goal line, we're going to prioritize that, particularly if it has uh, the promise of, of important impact. So we sort of believe also that patients are central to that team of experts, of, of researchers and clinicians 
um, and that every aspect of research from its conception to development, including clinical trials and the drug approval process by regulatory bodies can really be expedited and has a greater chance of success if patients are involved. That sort of experience plus expertise can, can fast track to new treatments. So what are some of the ways that people with Parkinson's disease can participate or interact with the foundation to support the research process? We've built on-ramps where um, people can get engaged. Uh, I'd say principally one of the easiest ways to get engaged is to participate in something like Fox Insight, where we're really letting each person tell the story of their journey and tracking it. And, and that data gets combined, de-identified, and then shared with scientists all over the world. So it's the most powerful megaphone we have. And we need tens of thousands uh, of voices because everybody's journey is so different. And it's really one of the best evidence pools we can point to when we're trying to help a regulator or a pharma company understand that these are, these are real unmet needs and this is not a one-off. This is a central um, issue for somebody. So I feel like that platforms that can, um, that can aggregate um, enough experiences so that you actually get enough people in the subset of experiences are really important. But we do something quite similar, I think, on the policy side. You really need, um, you know, that the personal storytelling can be so impactful. Um, we know that's the case with legislators at the federal level, but we see it also at the state level. And there are a lot of different points of entry for, um, for people who are living with PD and their, and their support system to kind of share and validate those experiences firsthand. There's nothing that's a substitute for that. And so I feel like um, there, there are several ways and you know, we bring, obviously we convene um, groups, every, you know, our, our board of directors and various councils, including 100% patient oriented council for all those kinds of inputs as well. And so, and I think our communities, our platforms and social, again, really there to bring um, scale to the and the shared experiences. Debbie, you've sort of been at this for a while. You've grown this amazing foundation, who, which is really um, changing the lives of Parkinson's patients. Um, but what gives you hope? What gives you hope that you're going to ultimately put yourselves out of business? Um, what I see, I mean, you know, science requires some serendipity. Biology is super hard. Mm -hmm. I'm excited right now because um, people who are developing treatments need a plethora of druggable targets. And 20 years ago, we really didn't have them. It was the dopamine system in the brain. And we are, the dopamine system is obviously critical and most, not all, but most treatments are, are targeting the dopamine system. We also know that there are plenty of things that good um, uh, engagement of the dopamine system don't necessarily deliver results for all aspects of Parkinson's. So it's just, it's necessary, but not sufficient. Today, we have such a robust um, landscape of, of druggable targets, things that we've learned through the observations, which are still quite new in the last couple, um, two decades about the role that genetics are playing in Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a really genetic on-off switch. Um, it's really more how risk is conferred, but every time there's a new um, genetic mutation, 
that gets identified as, as contributing risk, that becomes a druggable target. And just the genetics alone, which are not the only way in which we identify these targets, but they've been a robust way in the last two decades, it's transformed landscape. And what that tells me is there is so much to mine. And that's what gives me hope because drug companies, you know, it, it's such a, it feels a little like a conundrum. We can't, we can't succeed without them. And yet they, you know, at some point when you are succeeding, they feel like they're on the opposite side of the fence. And, and I appreciate that perspective. I think you can say the same thing about almost every entity that dominates different parts of the cycle of getting ideas um, out of uh, one person's brain into a, uh, into the hands of a physician that wants to treat a patient. But, you know, they, I think earnestly that there are a lot of people in drug companies that want to cure diseases, including something like Parkinson's, which is simply hard. I mean, it's right. not, they're not interested and they have to prioritize too. And so the way they prioritize is data-driven. And so to me, this singular shift, having so many more novel targets is probably the number one thing that means Parkinson uh, drug companies are going to, they have a lot of work to do. Hope they skip, you know, they, they um, unlock new ideas and, and find new uses for existing assets that they already own and that we can accelerate that. But that's what gives me the most hope. The second thing from a, like the scientific standpoint, the second um, piece, and they, you can't have one without the other really to ultimately succeed is just the engagement of the, of, the, um, of the community and the role that the patients do play. Mm -hmm. You know, I meet, I meet people almost every day, uh, post-COVID, um, getting back into that. And it's um, getting back on the road is nothing short of wonderful. And not everybody's gonna do everything, but if everybody does one thing and they don't all have to pick the same thing, it is going to continue to build on the momentum that has uh, has really taken fire over the last um, 10 years in particular. Um, in fact, you know, if I look in, in my role recently changing, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is what was the first 10 years? What were we building? And what's happened in the, in the most recent 10 years? And what does the next 10 years look like? And for us at the Fox Foundation, it's all about engaging people, engaging people who have Parkinson's and the network around them including their blood relatives, because we need them for research. But it's beyond that. We now have scientific rationale to understand who's at risk. Some of those people have no idea. And so going beyond the people who already know they care about PD to engage people who should be thinking about this, I mean, this is going to be Herculean, but we have a head start because the community over the last 10 years has already built been built and it need, we need it to be stronger and we need it to be broader. But this, this is also something that gives me great, great hope. Well, that kind of ties into my last question, um, Debbie, as this is a PD Avengers takeover of the foundation's podcast, why did the foundation agree to partner with the PD Avengers? Well, I think there's a, you know, if you think about what it really takes to succeed, you, it, it, it's, it's folly to imagine that one organization is, is gonna be, you know, is, is the one and only organization that needs to exist to make this happen. I mean, 
just again, if I step, pull back and think at one subset of needs, which is better treatments, they're, big, they're three big entities just in that part of the space. There's government funding um, in early stages in academia. There's FOX funding, which is highly strategic, that is bridging kind of basic science and teeing it up for uh, in the translational space to get it into the clinic. And, and we often are funding in phase one and a little bit in phase two even. And then there's pharma. And that's, that's before, that's just to get a drug approved. Then you have other entities that need to get it to, to patients and make it give access and, and affordability. So you, you, it's just folly to imagine that any success is gonna come by a single entity. And when I think of the role that a lot of um, patient organizations play, it, it's really um, critical for us to reach as far as we can. And so working with smart people who are motivated who seek, who want to be informed and who want to figure out which of these things I can do to really make a difference. Mm -hmm. We need those kind of partnerships. And so it, it, it is a no brainer. So Debbie, um, we got to get Michael to sign up as a PD Avenger. So how are you going to help us do that? Yeah. Well, you know, I, he's, uh, he's with everybody in spirit on these things. as <laughs> you and, um, and it's just, you know, it's really, it's a stunning thing for me to have seen over the years, how many tugs come, you know, on his shirt and, um, you know, and to remind folks, he's had Parkinson's now for 30 years. And so, you know, I said before, everybody can't do everything. And I think it's fair to say he's done a lot and let him pick what he's going to do. But <laughs> please know he's, he's with in spirit and, and we're here. And, and so, um, I think uh, if you want a role model for an Avenger, he's, he's the original. We're standing on his shoulders. Yeah. So no, we really yeah. appreciate all that he's done to bring us out of the shadows. Oh, I have yeah. often said that, that without the Michael J. Fox Foundation, we would still be lost somewhere back in 1817. And uh, we are so very grateful to all that you, Debbie, have done and what Michael has done to literally bring us out of the dark and let people know that we exist and that there's more that we need. So thank you. Thank you. And I know that he 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 takes very seriously that the appreciation of that and and he took it very seriously stepping into the role. You know, he thought a lot about um, he 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 wanted to do something, but he thought a lot about what's what's the right thing to do and where could he bring the most value. And I think that's an important journey for anybody who wants to get engaged, you know it's hard not to be tempted to want to do everything. And as the at the Fox Foundation, we really, we work hard on that too. You know, how, I think part of our strength and success has come from staying very, you know, very, everything we do has a connection to the goal of speeding drug development and better treatments. And sometimes it may not be so obvious, but I assure you everything we're doing is in service of that. And that takes every ounce of energy we have. And I think individuals, you know, there's a, there's a similar um, parallel in that kind of um, uh, process. And, and obviously I'm looking at people on a, on a screen as we record this and I see people who I've done so many things, you know, so people can juggle and make their choices, but those prioritizations are, are critical so that we don't, so that we're rational and sober about where we can make the biggest impact. And, and I think um, I couldn't be more grateful 
for being the person who happened to be the one that met Michael at the time and to help him realize his vision. Um, but I do think, Tim, that he feels a great responsibility and, and felt a real um, opportunity to be part of the community by taking those steps. Thank you. Thanks to you, Debbie, Michael, and the foundation for your passion, commitment, and dedication to get this done. We really do appreciate it and appreciate your time as well today. Thanks. Oh, goodness. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Debbie. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things to keep in mind about research, uh, and, and Sonia and Tim, you can talk about this too, is that people with Parkinson's uh, need to, uh, to help out. They need to raise their hands and participate uh, because it doesn't get done without us. No, that's absolutely true, Larry. Without us, there cannot be any better treatments or a cure. It just doesn't work that way. The research community needs to partner with the patient community to make that happen. We continually say that we're important in research, so we need to really encourage one another and to ourselves get involved in research wherever and whenever we can. And we're not just about research, we're about research and advocacy and wellness. And many of the organizations around the world touch on two or three of those pillars as well. Uh, the PD Avengers are uh, inspiring change around the world as it relates to research though. Dundee University in Scotland, one of our new partners, decided to dedicate 100% of their research efforts to Parkinson's projects. In Canada, the Pacific Parkinson's Research Institute helps fund PD research at the University of British Columbia. Next week, we're going to explore six more organizations, three under the advocacy banner and three dedicated to wellness. Oh, are you guys ready for that? Absolutely. Sign me up. Well, I know you. I mean, you'll, you'll be like doing push-ups, getting ready for it. <laughs> You'll have Jimmy Choi uh, screaming in your ear. Oh, my. Yeah. Come on, Tim. Come on. Three more. Four more. Fifty more. Um, <laughs> uh, I do want to also acknowledge Sharon Kersher, a uh, twitchy woman, uh, for inspiring this these these episodes of the podcast because she did this on, on her on her own for the her support groups where she invited the different organizations in to explain what they're all about and we thought it was such a great idea that we could we could do it here too and so we we want to thank her for that uh, you can learn more about the uh, twitchy woman and michael j fox foundation and all these great organizations at pdavengers.com and while you're there you might as well just sign up to be a pd avenger might as well that's right all right. We'll talk to you next week. This is the Michael J. Fox Foundation podcast. On behalf of everyone at the uh, foundation and, uh, and the PD Avengers, uh, we, uh, we, we wish you well, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Did you enjoy this podcast? Share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. It helps listeners like you find and support our mission. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation at michaeljfox.org. Thanks for listening. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. <laughs>